If you're considering leaving your current employer to go out on your own, there are a lot of things that you'll need to get squared away before you take the leap. But when it comes to your malpractice insurance, we've got you covered. How soon should you notify them of your plans? Who's going to buy your tail insurance? And what kind of policy do you need going forward? And how soon should you start investigating new coverage options? Well, today we're going to give you the answers to these questions and more so that you can step into the next chapter of your career with confidence. Stay tuned. Welcome to Malpractice Insights, the show dedicated to helping healthcare professionals understand medical malpractice insurance and providing you with the solutions you need so that you can get back to the work of practicing good medicine. My name is Jennifer Wiggins, CEO of Aegis Malpractice Solutions, and I'm so glad you've joined us today. All right, let's jump in. So we seem to be getting a lot of providers lately who are making plans to leave an employment arrangement and move on to other opportunities. Maybe it's to join another employer, to start up their own practice, go 1099, or simply retire. But regardless of the reason, as you begin to make preparations to put in your notice, it's important that you keep your malpractice insurance top of mind. So let's take a look at the four steps that you need to take as you prepare to make the move. First, read your employment contract. Your contract should lay out all of the terms of your employment, including information on restrictions on when you leave, the procedures and requirements that you'll need to take to resign your position, and it likely discusses your malpractice coverage as well. You'll want to read all of the details in your contract that lay out what happens to your malpractice insurance when you leave. For example, what happens if you leave voluntarily versus if you're terminated? Who's responsible for buying your tail insurance? If it will be your responsibility to buy the tail, are you allowed to shop around? Does the contract require you to buy tail at a certain limit or for a certain amount of time? And are you allowed to continue coverage on your own? Without knowing the answers to these five questions, it will be difficult for you to make the necessary preparations to walk away and secure new insurance. So be very mindful as you review the terms of your employment to ensure that you know what you're bound to. The second step that you'll need to take is to talk to an agent. Once you've read through your contract and you have a general understanding of what happens to your malpractice coverage, you can begin to explore new insurance options or shop around for tail if you'll be the one making that purchase. Talk to a knowledgeable malpractice insurance agent to discuss your plans for leaving, what you're bound to in your employment contract, and what you're going to be doing next so that they can help you get quotes and talk through options. At this stage in the process, while it may still be several months before you plan on turning in your notice, you'll want to start getting quotes for new coverage so that you can get a budget and plan for the future. A good agent can help you do this confidentially and also help you avoid any missteps so that you can explore your options without alerting your employer or causing any issues before you're ready to make your plans known. The third step in this process is to formally put in your notice. Once you're ready to make the move, advise your employer and formally put in your notice of termination. But let's take a quick detour here so that I can give you some tips on canceling your malpractice coverage. 
First, be cognizant of the timing when you submit your cancellation request. In our experience, doctors usually don't think about canceling their malpractice insurance until the very last minute. And often they've already stopped working and then they realize they forgot to cancel their coverage. So it's important for you to note that while some backdating is allowed, oftentimes malpractice insurance carriers will not permit you to cancel a policy retroactively. They will only honor current or future dates. This is especially true in places that have fund states like Indiana, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Kansas, etc. In many of these states, you must give advance notice for all premium bearing changes, which includes cancellations. This simply means that you can't backdate your cancellation. The carrier will just have to push the date out a bit. But don't worry, this doesn't affect your coverage negatively. It just means you're going to be paying for your insurance longer than you actually need it. Bottom line, when possible, submit your cancellation request early. You can always void your request if something changes, but this will ensure that your coverage ends on the correct date and that you're not overpaying for insurance when you no longer need it. The second quick tip I have for you on cancellations is to be aware of when your renewal date is when you cancel your coverage. While it is true that you can cancel your malpractice coverage at any time, if you cancel your insurance in the middle of an active policy period, then you might be penalized and have a portion of your refund withheld. Malpractice carriers can either prorate a refund or short rate a refund. A prorated refund is a pure refund of the unearned premium for the remainder of the year. For example, if your policy ran from January 1st to January 1st and you canceled on July 15th, then you'd get a full refund of the unearned premium for the remaining 170 days of the policy year. But a short-rated refund withholds a percent of the unearned premium as a penalty for canceling early. Oftentimes, this can be anywhere from 5 to 15%. So you'll still be getting a portion of your money back, but not all of it. For this reason, it's important for you to be aware of your renewal date. It's usually best to make any cancellations on your renewal date to avoid penalties. But again, depending on your situation, you may not have a choice. Normally, if it's a cancellation for an unforeseen circumstance, such as death or disability, or if it's for some other reason outside of your control, then usually you will get a full prorated refund. But if you're canceling because you just want to switch insurance carriers, or you've stopped working, or you're changing employers, then you'll likely be short-rated. So be sure to ask your agent about any potential penalties before you submit a formal cancellation request on your malpractice insurance. Okay, so now back to our main topic of putting in the notice to your employer. If your employer will be responsible for securing tail insurance for you, it might be wise for you to remind them of this and let them know that you'll need proof of the tail or at least proof that they're trying to obtain it prior to your departure. In addition to securing your tail insurance, we also recommend that you get copies of several key documents and other information that you'll want for the future. Here's what you'll need to collect. Your most recent certificate of insurance. Your most recent policy. A current 10-year claim history report, which is also called a loss run. You need the contact information for your malpractice carrier and the agent in case you need to report a claim or contact them for anything else in the future. 
And finally, you also need contact information for the employer directly. So who should you reach out to in the future if you need anything else? It's important that you collect this information while you're still with your employer. It will be so much easier than having to go back after the fact. So now we've reached our last step of the process, which is to apply for new insurance. Once you know your official termination date, you can formally apply for new malpractice insurance so that you can have uninterrupted coverage as you move from one job to the next. You'll want to apply for coverage two to three months before you actually need the policy to start. That way you have plenty of time to get multiple quote options and to bind with the carrier that you want to move forward with. Once you've bound your new policy, you'll get a certificate of insurance with your new carrier so that you can have proof of insurance, which is what you'll need going forward. If plans change and you end up staying with your employer longer than anticipated, your new policy start date can be modified. Similarly, if you end up leaving sooner than you planned, you can always bump up the start date so that your new coverage begins in time. If you have any questions on this topic or you want to make sure that you're covered appropriately, click the link in the description box below where you can connect with us via phone, email, or chat today. And if you're listening, please visit us online at aegismalpractice.com. That's A-E-G-I-S malpractice.com. And don't forget that our mailbag link is now live on our website. So if you have a question that you'd like me to answer here on the podcast, check out the link below where you can drop us a line and ask your question. Or schedule a quick 10-minute phone call for a personal consultation to discuss your unique insurance needs. This is Jennifer Wiggins. Thanks for joining us.